So, welcome to the most must-see WWE talk show in history. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed Retro. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid. Again. And everybody back say, March 31st, 1985, a night where one man's vision gave rise to a worldwide phenomenon. Welcome to WrestleMania! Hulk presented the belt and raised the hand of the warrior. Listen to the ovation! Everybody behind us in the whole ring side area. The boyhood dream has come true by Shawn Michaels. Welcome back, all oh, man. That music always gets me. That classic WrestleMania music. I am your host, Mr. Andy, back with the retro reviews. Like I said, every day since Monday, I have been doing a WrestleMania from WrestleMania 10 going all the way down to WrestleMania 31. And well, today we have a very special WrestleMania. Uh, to me and to my special guest and also it was dubbed the 25th anniversary of Wrestlemania going by events not going by year so but on me to today on the show because I know y'all been tired of hearing primetime but today I have a very special guest another one of my f- favorite wrestling YouTubers Daniel Geiser what's going on man and see it's great to be back on this channel and uh, it's great to be taking a look at a WrestleMania that to me is very special, as I was telling you before we went on the air here. WrestleMania 25 holds a very special place in my heart. This was the first pay-per-view that I ever ordered as a wrestling fan. So I look forward to taking a look back. Oh, yes, I agree with you, too, because this was honestly one of my, um, believe it or not, fair WrestleManias. A lot of people did not like it, but there were certain things that uh, I liked about it. I'm pretty sure me and you can agree on the same thing, what we liked the most about it. But of course, oh, yeah. we, we we will all you know in due time get to that. But um, yeah, year is two thousand nine, and then Randy Orton wins the Royal Rumble that year to go on the main event Triple H, and then of course we uh have the whole feud with the wrestler uh, Mickey Rourke and Chris Jericho. We have you know the brother blood feud. So there's just a lot of things going on in this uh twenty fifth anniversary of WrestleMania. So why not kick it off like they did the year uh. This is the first year that this was the kickoff match. I'm not talking about pre-show. I'm talking about the first match. Was the Money in the Bank ladder match with CM Punk versus Kane, Mark Henry, MVP, Shelton Benjamin, Kofi Kingston, Christian, and Finley with Hornswoggle. Uh, this was actually the coming out party of Kofi Kingston, who just came the year before. So he was in this match showing a lot of athletic spots. 
Christian was in here doing the whole veteran thing, which I did like about that. Sheldon Benjamin was in here doing most of the spots as he usually is. And, of course, you know, uh, the returning of Kane and Mark Henry actually liked them kind of in this match. But before we get to the, uh, who won the match, overall, th this list of wrestlers that was in this match. So how do you, you know, uh, being the first time ordering the pay-per-view, how did you enjoy it and, you know, seeing what the money in the bank was all about? Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, it was just a great way to get the, the crowd into it. You know, high-flying, high-octane spots. I remember Shelton Benjamin doing that uh, senton bomb off the top of the ladder onto his opponent. Shelton Benjamin, I, I swear, every time he was in this match, I was afraid he was going to kill himself. That's how much of a risk he took. He came close. But, um, he did. And this is the one I thought, oh, shit, he's going to be he's gonna be out. He's going to be injured. But um, And uh, one thing I wanted to mention here, kind of getting off topic, but if Shelton Benjamin, when he comes back to WWE, I hope he returns in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Just saying. For the SmackDown pay-per-view, that would be a great way for him. Seeing as how he's always had these great moments, that would be the perfect place for him to come back. I, you know I, he's coming back, so. Oh, yes. Just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, no, no, but, no, um, no. You can, yeah. you can throw anything you want out here, because I agree with you on that one, because I miss Shelton Benjamin, actually. And I thought he was actually a very underrated performer. He was. Man, he was phenomenal. Like, out of that class from OVW, what was it, the uh, 2000 with Lesnar, Orton, Batista, Cena, yeah. was a stacked class. But Shelton was probably the best pure athlete, as they said, out of that class. And he, he was great. He, he was, was great in this match. I, I, I do agree with that. And then also, um, Kane and Mark Henry... Did not do as bad as I thought they was going to do. They did a nice little spot, parting the Red Sea with the ladders. Mark Henry like he was going to do a dive out the ring spot. Thank God he did not. <laughs> Finley hits him with the shit later. And then little Hornswoggle gets a little tadpole splash out there on the ring. So there was a lot of good spots um, in this matchup. I did not really know that CM Punk was going to be the one to repeat from the year before. And honestly, yeah, it was. And when CM Punk won this match, it was actually to a mixed crowd. There were some, you know, cheers and there were some boos also from him going back to back. And then, all, you know, with that happening, and uh, like I said, I knew Kofi wasn't going to win it, but this was his coming out party. And the stuff that he was doing in that match also was very innovative. And I just enjoyed it all. But CM Punk wins for the second time in a row, clocking in in almost 15 minutes. How did you enjoy the opening match and the results of CM Punk winning this match again? Well, as you know, I am a huge fan of CM Punk. I've been a fan of CM Punk since I first started watching. At that time, I knew he would get, somehow I knew he'd get to the top because he was talented. Uh, he was just, he had the talent, he had the wrestling ability, he had the charisma. So him winning back to back, at the time, I was unsure of it, seeing as how what happened in his 2008 Money in the Bank cash in, his championship run, that flopped. But you look at where this led to, and to the cash in, and then to his feud, ultimately, with Jeff Hardy, which I felt that's what put Punk on the map you know, to that next level. So I thought, looking back on it now, yeah, it was the right decision. I have to agree with you, because I think that him winning this year made more sense than him winning the year before. Uh -huh. And I think he had a, a way better run in 2009 with the World Heavyweight Champion, like you said, with Jeff Hardy, than he did in 2008 because they just took it off of him and, you know, they had the whole injured with Orton angle. So, yeah, that was, that, you know, that's what it was. So that was the opening match. So it got me excited when I was watching WrestleMania 25. 
And then this has been an ongoing trend that Vince McMahon has liked to do since I would say WrestleMania X8 or 18, which is we get these big celebrities and we get these musical artists and we got to make it like a Super Bowl where they got to come out and perform a medley of hits or they got to come out and they got to perform all this music. So we got Kid Rock. Now, I don't have a problem with Kid Rock. Do you have a problem with Kid Rock, Dave? Not one of my favorites, but he's got some songs I like, you know? Exactly. Not sexy. I don't have a problem with Kid Rock. I mean, he's on a Tickers theme song. My problem is how he did a whole medley of his songs to the point where that it went over the Miss WrestleMania's Divas Battle Royal match. And to that point, the women... Huh? Yeah, that they made their entrances during the songs. During, during the like, songs. Who, who are they? I can't... Like, they didn't... You couldn't even tell who was who. Like, it was just like, they're in the ring, Battle Royale time. Exactly. So this was supposed to be the dub that all legendary women will come back for this battle royal. Now, for those of you who did not get a chance to pay attention to the woman that was in there and they kept getting eliminated too fast, I got the names. It was Layla, Joy Giovanni, Rosa Mendez, Alicia Fox, Sonny, Tori Wilson, Jackie, uh, Maria, Gail Kim, Jillian Hall, Eve Torres, Tiffany, Kelly Kelly, Molly Holly, Maurice, Kaylee Burchill, Natalia, Victoria, Brie Bella, Nikki Bella, Mickey James, Michelle McCool, Melina, and Beth Phoenix as the legitimate women that was in that match. And to be honest, after looking at this list, Dan, I didn't even know half them was in that match. That's that says something else about how the, they they entered. It was just it was baffling. It was baffling, and it, what sucks is that we're at WrestleMania, and we, we look at what WrestleMania has, you know, been doing since WrestleMania 32, and you know, been focused more on the women's championship matches at WrestleMania. We don't even have that here. We just have a lame battle royal where Santina Morella, who his twin sister Santina, is in the match, and ends up winning the whole damn thing. Me personally, wow. this was a slap in the face. To like, first of all, if I know Emma lost in thirty seconds to that match and that started the Divas Revolution, honestly, this moment right here should have really started the Women's Revolution, in my personal opinion. Your thoughts on this? Bad. Yeah, your, this thoughts on terrible battle royal. Uh, I have one sentence. It was a giant waste of time. <laughs> that's it. That's the best way you can. I can't remember anything from it. I just remember this Kid Rock before it went on and on and on and on and on. Yep, yet we couldn't have the tag, the unifying match for the tag team championships. I I've never seen that match. I don't know if it was good or not, but it probably was. And that was bumped to the main to the pre-show actually. So that felt that was instead of doing this Kid Rock medley. You could have cut that out, given the women their entrances, and then had the tag title match on the main show as it should have been. You know? Yes, I do agree. First of all, on a side note, do you agree with pre-show matches? Uh, well, nowadays it's different because we have the network. Back then, it, see, it was different. So yeah, um, it really it's it's uh, nowadays I'm I'm okay with it. But if you ask me back then, we couldn't watch. There was no way of watching that match. You know, it would. Nobody, unless you were there, of course. Of course, yeah. I just feel as though that sometimes that they have too many musical performances or sometimes they take time away from doing useless stuff that the matches that really could mean something could actually be on the show. Sure. Yeah. More time. More time to the the, the wrestlers who yeah. are, it's called WrestleMania for a reason. Exactly. So, but you know, <laughs> it, that's what it's grown to. But, yeah, so to me, it, the battle was seven minutes too long. It felt disgraceful. I felt bad for the actual woman that came back to the, 
you know, compete in it, but it was sad. So, um, moving on, have you ever seen the movie The Wrestler, Daniel? Uh, no, I have not. I, I, first of all, The Wrestler's a pretty good movie. I recommend you check it out. Uh, it starred Mickey Rourke, and Mickey Rourke has got critical acclaim, and Chris Jericho didn't like the acclaim that Mickey Rourke was getting for this movie, saying, you're not a true wrestler, you don't know what the life of a wrestler is. Well... With Chris Jericho disrespecting Ric Flair, he decided to get three of his friends to teach Jericho a lesson. The three friends that he picked were Ricky Steamboat, Roddy Piper, and uh, you know the late Jimmy Snooker. Now, uh, individually, Chris Jericho beat them on Raw and on the SmackDowns leading up to WrestleMania. But at WrestleMania, we're going to get a handicap elimination match between Jericho taking on these three legends. Now, Chris Jericho is my second favorite wrestler of all time. And I felt as though, in, in my opinion, I felt as though he could have had a more meaningful role uh, at WrestleMania. But as the way the match turned out, I, I kind of, in a weird way, kind of enjoyed it. Before we get into, you know, what happened and the results, how did you feel about this match being set up in the storyline leading into it? I kind of, from what I can remember, because it's been, wow, what, eight years ago? Wow. <laughs> yes, time is flying. Yes, it is. Uh, I was okay with it going in, seeing as how the match played out afterwards, and what happened, the pay-per-view, the next month, what was it, Backlash, or what, I think they did it, they still had Backlash, yeah. when Jericho took on Steamboat in a really good match, I, I didn't see it, but I heard it was really good, what they should have done here with Jericho. There were two scenarios. I liked it in this, playing devil's advocate. Yes. What if it was just Chris Jericho versus Ricky Steamboat? Have the match you had the mat the month before on WrestleMania, which is what they probably could Steamboat. We didn't know he could still go, and boy, did he go. I mean, the stuff with Piper and Snooko was just boring to watch, but it should have just been Jericho, Steamboat, one-on-one. Or, what about, um, you know, you, you mentioned doing something else with Jericho. What about Jericho versus Rey Mysterio for the IC title? I don't know. I would have enjoyed it, especially they had the whole rivalry for the IC title later on that year. So, something, I mean, like I said, those two scenarios I would have liked to have seen versus what they ended up doing. It was just okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you because, honestly, there were other legends I felt as though that maybe they could have, you know, uh, scraped a barrel to try to find other than Jimmy Snook because Jimmy Snook could barely walk. It was bad. It, it, it was really bad. He lost all muscle mass. I mean, he looked like some a Tim Burton creation. And <laughs> uh, Roddy Piper was wrestling in his T-shirt. And you know what the yeah. old school says about the T-shirt. If you got no body, if you wrestling in the T-shirt. <laughs> so, honestly, uh, uh, Chris Jericho beat Roddy Piper with an insecurity, took him out. And then a, a terrible attempt at the walls of Jericho on Snooker and a bad tap. I was just like, okay, we, we got the two. I hate to call legends jobbers, but we got the two jobbers out the way. And now we had a one-on-one with Ricky Steamboat. And, yes, Ricky Steamboat has showed that he could, one, still sell, and, two, really still go at it. And uh, people oh, were yeah. really, really shocked about it. And that's yeah. why uh, I enjoyed them having a the match at Backlash because I don't think if people just said Ricky Steamboat, I don't know if they felt as though they could still – had gone, but this match was like about nine minutes long, eight minutes and thirty seconds to be exact, and the majority of it was Ricky Steamboat in that match. But he got a cold breaker. Jericho picks up the win here, and him doing his heelish tactics. Mickey Ward comes out of the audience and gives him a strong left. He he does Mike Tyson to Shawn Michaels that he did to Jericho. So 
You, you I did not like that. <laughs> I thought the punch looked terrible. I, the whole thing came off as bad. I did not like. I don't know. It was just. Ugh, I was not a fan of that ending. I, I don't I hundred percent agree with you because I really enjoyed more of like remember when Hugh Jackman hit Dolph Ziggler? Sure. Yes. And th- that was better. This just I remember watching at the time thinking, Ugh, that looked awful. Exactly. <laughs> so I agree. So I was like, okay, well Whatever. WrestleMania had a very, very long bathroom break. So now I think it's time to, <laughs> you know, finally, you know, you got your funnel kick, you got your drink, you, you know, you released your every you released your bowels, now it's time to get back to WrestleMania. And to get back into WrestleMania is a brother versus brother matchup. Now, before this, before WrestleMania even happened, they were dubbing this to be the next Owen Hart versus Bret Hart matchup. This was the this was the next Undertaker versus Kane. I was like, y'all got big shoes to fill. See, I thought it was good, but you don't hype it up to that level. Don't put it up there if it's not gonna deliver. You know what I mean? If you're I not agree. Gonna say, you know that that puts them at a disadvantage. It really did. It, it definitely did. Now, now, me personally, if they did not try to compare it to some of the other great brother matches, I, I felt as though that the storyline was great because they used, you know, the truth yes. in it because Jeff Hardy obviously was having uh, drug problems. He His house burned down. He lost oh. his dog. And, oh. and that was like, it, 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 it tugs on the heartstrings. And Matt Hardy yeah. in storyline says, you know what? That was all me. I burnt your house down. I killed your dog. And... <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm like Jesus, Matt. All right, I thought we was a PG era. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I guess not. So Matt Hardy does all that to Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy is showing that he can be extreme as well. So now at WrestleMania, we get an extreme rules match between Matt and Jeff Hardy. Um, like I have to agree with you, Daniel. The match was okay. What was a solid good, but it could have been better. But I think the pressure that people put on it. Uh-huh. Also brought it down because it didn't, you know, live up to the expectations that everybody wanted to live up to. But if you took all that out, there were a couple things I like. Like first of all, they uh, the whisper in the wind and Matt Hardy hits Jeff Hardy in the uh, legs with the steel chair. I love that. Uh-huh. I love that drop kick in the corner with Matt Hardy in the trash can. I enjoyed the splash, the double tables. I enjoyed Jeff missing through, you know, uh, that springboard off th- those two ladders and the twist of fate inside the chair. They were good spots in this match. They did not juice because we're now WWE is in full PG mode right now. But Dan, your thoughts on the match before I get into, of course, who won the match? Um, I actually enjoyed this match. I feel like it it was solid. It was one of the better matches on this show, considering what we had to sit through. The last two matches, which I wasn't really that much of a fan of, so I thought this was a good, solid match between two brothers. Um, you know, I, what I would have liked to have seen is just give them, you know, maybe a, a five more minutes to give them more time. Like, I felt like the match was going, and then it just kind of it ended. It only went what thirteen thirty nine or something like that, thirty eight. Yeah. So it was a good, good match, but I wanted to see more, and um, I do like it though. I do like to go back and watch this match. Yeah, so I agree with you. It, it was under too much pressure, but Matt Hardy pushed Jeff Hardy's neck into the chair in a sick twist of fate. Jeff Hardy sold that wonderfully, and mm-hmm. Matt Hardy beats Jeff Hardy, and the rivalry does go on down to backlash and you know to SmackDown and things of that nature. But uh, to get the rivalry started, I I enjoyed it for what it was. It got it started getting WrestleMania back on track for me. 
And then I realized I had to go to the bathroom again because coming up next, we got a singles match for the the prestigious, might I add, Intercontinental Championship uh, between JBL and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio, first off, is coming out supporting his Joker gear because the Dark Knight was really hot. Uh, after the year that it came out the year before so i can understand you know doing something special for wrestlemania like that and uh jbl uh you know what because i kind of tuned this match out of my history book but he was talking some trash on the mic and then he attacks raymond still before the bell even rings but then you know what the hell the bell rings 619 raymond still beats jbl for the Intercontinental Championship in 21 seconds, and JBL gets back on the mic and says, I quit. Now, Daniel, you saying this being your first pay-per-view that you bought, and this is your second bathroom break of the night so far, I want to know, are you still with me on the wrestler so far, or you almost gave up? Oh, man, what was this? This was just, I mean, I knew going into this there were rumors of JBL retiring, and I thought, you know, maybe after this match he would call quits. Little did I know that I would literally only have to blink my eyes a couple times and this match would be over, and uh, the legendary Trip Bradshaw, he didn't trip this night, but uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, he went, I quit, I quit, Michael, Michael, get me out of here. So, um, <laughs> this was it for JBL. This was his last match, and boy, what a what a match it was! I'll never forget it. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I know you're supposed to go out on your back, but I mean, I thought you were supposed to go out on your back at least to a close to a five star classic. <laughs> um, this was uh, baffling. I was like, okay, whatever. Moving on. It's just like, uh, and I'm glad because what came next was amazing. Yes. And, you know, amazing is a word that we throw around. But, you know, what? this is probably the true definition of amazing. And I'm not just talking about the match. I'm talking about the story, the entrance, the ending. Everything about this whole 40 minutes that's coming up was just amazing. And what I'm talking about for people out there who have not seen, or you should have, is The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Mr. WrestleMania versus the Streak. That's like the it's like the immovable, uh, you know, uh, you know what they call about Andre Hogan. They, uh, that's what it's like. And the storyline is finally Shawn Michaels finally gets out that you know slavery quotation marks with JBL at No Way Out, and he gets his name back. I was I, I hate that storyline anyway. So the one thing that the Heartbreak Kid has never done is face the Undertaker at WrestleMania. And now, of course, Shawn Michaels being the born-again Christian actually brought some of that into the storyline, saying that I'm from the heavens and I have been chosen to take out the Undertaker. And I enjoyed how the storylines, he comes out, he has, you know, the white smoke and he has the glow from the light and everything. So that played a, a huge part into the character. Now, coming to entrances, it was, it was I thought it was dynamic. Uh, we could talk about all this in parts. So first, Shawn Michaels comes down from the rafters with the with all white on, with a white glow. So he's being sent from the heavens down to earth, and then it's just amazing sight to see. And of course, his sexy boy music comes. He gets to the ring, and the Undertaker comes up from the ground like he's coming from hell. And we're going to get a you know quotation heaven on versus hell battle right here. So just the entrances alone, Daniel. How did this make you feel? Like, what was your reaction to that? 
it felt like a big fight feel. It felt like, well, this should have been the main event of this show, but it felt like a main event match of two of the, the greatest performers in the history of this business. Two of the best going into that ring, stepping inside, and about to do their craft in the best match that I personally have ever seen as a fan of professional wrestling. It was awe-inspired. The entrances alone got you hyped for this match. And that was even before the match started. So wait till that happens. Exactly. Wow. Uh, it, it, it almost sent like chills because this is one of my favorite Undertaker entrances coming from the ground. Uh, even though I still think the zombie one is the best one, but um, yes, yeah, that, that, that was great. I will review that later on down the line. But uh, so they get to the ring, and these guys, you know, it just just to stare down alone is like I, I'm ready for this to go on. Undertaker's some probably in some of the best shape he's ever been in, and Shawn Michaels is what is to say about is Shawn Michaels, and you know the start of this match is a lot of holes. There's a lot of testing the strength and everything i i like the storytelling they didn't just go right on into it balls blazing they actually told a story with a couple good grapple holds and uh sean trying to get some of the early advantages of the undertaker and not let him psych him out i enjoy that kind of storytelling in the match do you agree with me on that yes yes i, I do too yes so and then um i have to go on to one of the big spots uh, of the we're probably almost mid match, uh, midway into the match. Shawn Michaels goes for a moonsault on the outside and misses. Actually, that looked like it kind of hurt. Really, just hit landing on the floor like that. But for people who don't know, do you remember the tag team Deuce Domino? No, I do not. Okay, Deuce Domino was kind of like you know, like these fifty. Uh, 1950s greasers, you know, sit down at the malt shop, had the grease in their hair and the white tight white t-shirts and the leather jackets kind of thing. So, well, um, Deuce from that tag team was the cameraman at this time. And he was supposed to catch The Undertaker when Shawn Michaels moved out the way. You follow me so far? Mm-hmm. So... Undertaker goes on the ropes and then he goes for the dive over the ropes that Undertaker usually does, but he's kind of short. And Deuce forgets to catch the Undertaker and he lands square on his head to the outside, which is actually an indentation in the mat. What were your thoughts when you seen that first? I can still visualize it. I could just see it playing over and over and over again. I'm like, Undertaker, that's it. He's done. He's broken his neck there's no way that this man is getting up i, I literally thought oh shit i'm waiting for the rep to throw up that x sign but um so somehow the undertaker ah man he's incredible i mean and don't forget this is the, the same guy who was engulfed in flames at elimination chamber the following year so this guy mm. is one of the toughest sons of bitches in the entire professional wrestling industry i mean it's incredible what he's been through and what he's done to get back up. Yes, I, 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 you know, you explained that perfectly because even I, I know today in present time, Undertaker is going against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. However, I still look back at that and still be scared for my life that he is really done. His career is over. That, that's how scary that move was. Right. But um, so like I said, we get back into the matches that now they have picked up the pace a little bit with a lot of false finishes. Uh, Shawn Michaels um, 
hitting a super kick, of course, Undertaker kicking out. But I think one of the biggest things was Undertaker goes for a tombstone. And this is WrestleMania 25. The only time anybody kicked out of a tombstone before was Edge the year before. But it was all about the selling. And I have to probably give Kevin Dunn some credit on the directing of it. Where um, he hits a tombstone on Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels kicks out right before the referee's hand hits the mat for three. And the look on the Undertaker's face told the story of I cannot believe Shawn Michaels kicked out of the tombstone, and they, I, I think even to this day, they were never able to replicate that same moment. Do you agree with that? It's an iconic moment. I, Undertaker had this look of bewilderment. Like, what do I have to do to put down Shawn Michaels? You know, there was a sense of confusion and doubt inside of the mind of the Undertaker. I, I, I agree, and uh, it, to this day, I was just like, oh my God, Shawn Michaels is going to actually win this match. That's what I really thought. I said, you know what? The streak is over tonight. It's over tonight, and I really think Mr. WrestleMania is going to take it, and he had me believe it. He had the the, uh, the elbow from the top, uh, his usual trademark elbow, the sweet chin music. It was, it was so incredible. Like, my heart was beating towards the end, and then... He went for one moonsault too many, and he got caught by the Undertaker and hit to a tombstone. One, two, three. The Undertaker remains undefeated at WrestleMania. Now, obviously, this match is almost 10 years old. If there's any other emotions or any other things you want to point out, Daniel, please do. This is a match that I can point back to and say... That's why I'm a fan of professional wrestling. From the entrances, to the stare-downs, to the commentary, to the crowd. To me, this match was better than 26. 26 was good, too, but just for me, this match was better. It was... Well, I want to watch a really good match, and I go back and watch this match. I can still get into the match. That's how much of a special place this match holds for me. Um... Man, watching Undertaker at WrestleMania for the first time live on pay-per-view, that was a special moment. And, uh, you know, I was like thinking, oh, my God, is the streak going to end? I I love when they would do that. They had those moments, those spots in the match where you thought, that's it. That's got to be it. And they got you that. They got that doubt inside of your own mind to think that, man, this might be the time. And then for Undertaker to always kick out and crowd goes nuts and uh, just pure magic what these two were able to do in the ring that night. I agree. It was a 30-minute classic that, like I said, I do have to agree with you. I think it was better than the one they had at 26. Not saying that 26 was bad. 26 was good. It was shorter, slightly shorter than what it was, and you kind of figured that Shawn Michaels was on his way out anyway. So this one felt more so like I really felt as though Shawn could have beat the streak this night. And I just feel... Uh, sorry for the other five competitors because there's no way you can follow this match. No. Afterwards, <laughs> and the thing is, at least in my opinion, one of the matches did at least try. Sure. And but I still don't think that it was able to, you know, uh, follow what happened with Shawn Undertaker. So after after this match, we get the, obviously the two championship matches, which is. Uh, right now, so, uh, uh, coming up is a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship between John Cena 
versus Edge, who was a champion, and the Big Show. Now, to be honest with you, I, I actually enjoyed the match. I hated the storyline because I didn't like the whole Vicky Guerrero, Edge, and Big Show love, love triangle. Did that to say that? Yes. Yeah, that, it, it, that, that was just like, okay. Like, if you open up Eddie's casket right now, you see his ass first because he definitely rolled over. Um, <laughs> and John Cena was just added to the mix because, you know, he's fucking John Cena at this time. So... <laughs> Uh, I thought the match was uh pretty good. The Big Show was made to look dominant. Uh, John C. tries to go for the show tackle. Big Show, you know, obviously ricochets him off of him. Uh, <clears throat> Edge, it, it was a it was a okay triple threat match. It wasn't, of course, WrestleMania twenty triple threat match, but um, there was a great spot of John Cena going to the corner and lifting up both Big Show and Edge, which is a combine of close to seven hundred pounds. That was nice. On your shoulders. And now, Daniel, now, side note real quick. When, when John Cena picks up the big show or somebody big in the add to adjustment or F you, however you want to call it, it seems like his left leg is tilted inward. And I have a fear that he's going to break his leg. Hmm. I never so, noticed that. Yeah, if, if you look, like when, only when he picks up like the heavy guys, his left yeah. leg is like tilt inward. And I'm just like, I have a feeling it's going to be like a UFC type of snap. And I'm just like, I have fear for that. But... <laughs> That's what he did with the Big Show and Edge. So even though he only added to adjust the Big Show, how did you like that spot? Because you know, obviously they're showing it on all the video packages today. It was a cool spot, you know, seeing him pick up both guys. Uh, it's something that I remember from this match, which I thought it was a good match. But it's you're not gonna. Fu- that's the problem. You have to. Uh, the th- another thing that with these shows is you have to card structure can make or break a show and I felt like after Taker Michaels the show just steadily went downhill for me I I, I personally agree there's certain things you cannot follow you know what I'm saying yep. but um so John Cena add to adjusts the big show and then on top of that Edge gets add to adjust right on top of the big show and then Cena pins the big show one two three so that uh, the Big Show, oh, excuse me, that John Cena wins the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, honestly, this is who I seen winning going into the match. John Cena wins. LOL. LOL. Uh, LOL. <laughs> or, or as the teams are saying today, well, I don't know how that belt was in the air because I can't see him. So. <laughs> oh, but geez. if you thought that couldn't follow Undertaker versus oh. Shawn Michaels, this made event damn sure couldn't follow anything in my personal opinion on this card. And you know oh what? God. This is what happens when you have a a good story but a terrible yeah. match. Really good story. I love the way that they everything built up to this moment before the match happened was great. <laughs> I mean, it was like, wow, this is personal. It was. We even did the campy stuff with Triple H going into Randy Orton's home and throwing him like out his that, front man. window. It was campy, but you know what? I still remember that. They're having Triple H handcuffed to the corner, him, DDT, and Stephanie, and then kissing her as she's laid out, and Triple H can't reach to him. I and he's just getting close enough just for him to touch his nose. I felt, I, I felt the the heat. I felt the you know the anger, the passion, the hatred in that. So what do we do? Let's go out and have a regular match. And this yeah. is my problem. And you know what? Side note, Dan, because I know I think you can agree with me. This is the problem with Triple H WrestleMania matches. 
and I, I said that for all of them. He he has the ability to create storylines, but can you name for me one Triple H main event match that was good? Well, the triple threat at Mania 20. I will say, yeah, that was probably one of the best triple threat matches. I'll give you that. Um, only main event, yeah. Because the three he's had, um, oh, the, the Cena match. That, that was, I liked Cena, Triple H, and Batista. I actually just finished watching that. So, oh. But, they, but they, they structured, notice, the shows were structured right in that case. They didn't, you know, the crowd wasn't burned out. When you burn the crowd out like a Rock or Roman Reigns or in this match, it's a, think of, he's been in three of these similar matches. you think he would have learned by now. Exactly, and this is my, you know, side note fear for WrestleMania 33 too. But, um, so Triple H is the champion, and he's coming out to face Randy Orton. He has a cool entrance. He throws a sledgehammer through the glass. I enjoyed that. Yes. Uh, we are in the growth of Randy Orton and his Viper days. He just stopped the Legend Killer act. So now uh-huh. he's going into, like, full Viper mode. And the match was just underdeveloped because, one, like you said, the card structure was not good. And, two... Randy Orton has a thing where if the fans are invested in the match, he gives up on the match. Yep. He doesn't go harder. And I felt as though that some of the spots they were trying... This is a blood feud. And one thing I hate about me watching wrestling as many years as I have, I hate when it's a blood feud and we start with a lockup. I don't like that. Yeah, come on. Come on. That's just... Don't insult my intelligence. It should be, oh, I can't wait to get my hands on this guy. That's, exactly. That's how you do it. Why are we waiting for introductions and stuff like that? It, it, it like Triple H did not have the fire that I really want to kill this guy. Yep. I really had the fire to kill this guy. So uh, I did like the, I do miss the punt kick. I will say I do miss the punt kick. But um, yes. Uh, the match undeveloped. Uh, Triple H hits Randy Orton with a sledgehammer and hits him with a pedigree, and one, two, three. Randy Orton is added onto that list of people who won the Royal Rumble and did not win the championship. So, your thoughts on this match and, you know, because honestly, I was at the point where I did not even care. I can go back and watch WrestleMania 25 and I probably only watch about five minutes of this match and just not care because it went 24 minutes long. 2435. Oh that was a long 24 minutes. Watching this live, I can remember just being like, like just the crowd, the crowd was dead too. I mean, you could hear a pin drop in that building. Yes, it was it, it, that it was hurt. It. And you know what also hurt it was the fact that this pre-match stipulation, if Triple H had been disqualified or been counted out during the match, he would lose the title to Orton. So that handy why that stipulate that was stupid. This should have been a street fight or no holds barred based on how you built the feud up going into it. And to put a stipulation like that on, there were no McMahons, no outside involvement. It was just a a normal match for the most part. And that, I still don't get why they did that stipulation. That was so stupid. I don't know. I think they probably thought that Triple H and Randy Orton could out-wrestle Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. I'm like, (laughs) not really. Uh, Not going to happen. That's not going to happen ever. I don't care what decade or what era we're in. It's just not going to happen. So I, don't, I really don't understand that. For, for your main event, the one supposed to sell the show, the last match, I just didn't agree with it, which also kind of ended a lot of people on WrestleMania to a sour note. But you know what, Daniel? Yes. Final grade on WrestleMania 25, the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. My grade, I'd go C. 
average. Yeah, a solid C. Um, and if it wasn't for Michael's taker, ooh, we had what we had on the rest of the card. Ooh, that that would not be so good. So it was really saved by Michael's taker. I enjoyed Money in the Bank and the Hardy match. That was good. And the triple threat was all right, but again, it had to follow Taker's Michael. So, uh, and if this card was just shuffled a little bit more and you changed some of the matches like we were suggesting, imagine how much better the show could have been. I agree. If we had got different legends, if the Hardys got more time, if JBL and Ray Mysterio either didn't happen or they got time, and you put the Undertaker and Shaw in the main event, I, it, it made Triple H and Randy Orton a, a, a straight out street fight. I felt as though yep. that, yeah. There you go. There, there it is right there. You you would have had a damn near one of the top five WrestleMania of all time. Sure, instead of just an average to, you know, just kind of their mania. Exactly. So, I, I have to, I'm going to give uh, WrestleMania 25 AC plus. I, I do call it one of my guilty pleasures. I enjoyed the money in the bank. I, I enjoyed Chris Jericho and the Steamboat only. Everything else was kind of crap. I enjoyed yep. what the Hardy, <laughs> I enjoyed what the Hardys tried to do. Good triple threat, and of course, the, the the show steal of almost every card up until today. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, honestly. So the dad made it from a C plus to me. That they, they gave it that extra plus. There you go. To me. So, but guys, after you post down in the comments below, how did you guys enjoy WrestleMania 25? One of your favorites, one of the not-so-favorites. You guys let us know. And also, uh, Daniel, get a plug for your channel out there because you have a very intriguing channel. And, you know, Thank the people you. out there need to know about what, what you do on there. Well, guys, uh, my channel, the URL is YouTube.com slash DanielGeyser412. Uh, I do Raw reviews, SmackDown reviews, pay-per-view reviews, the occasional NXT reviews, and all different types of videos, collaborations, of course, with people like NC and uh, my friend Mike and who have you. So uh, I do everything and every anything and everything when it comes to professional wrestling. So it's YouTube.com slash DanielGeyser412. Thank you for that, uh, Daniel. And once again, guys, you can hit the subscribe button because we're going to keep it rolling. Tomorrow is WrestleMania 26, the rematch for uh, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. And every day leading up to April 2nd is when you're going to get the last review from us right before we get to WrestleMania 33. Like I said, I've already reviewed WrestleMania 32. That is in my playlist of the WWE pay-per-views of 2016. I will put it in this uh, retro review playlist as well for all the pay-per-views and everything. And so hit that subscribe button. Make sure you guys should check out Daniel Gaza because my man is passionate about wrestling. I recommend you check out the people that are passionate about what they like on YouTube. I ain't gonna tell you what to watch, but I'm gonna tell you who's passionate enough that you know will, will bring some excitement to you. And Daniel is one of those guys. Thank you. So, yeah, not a problem. So, once again, keep it retro, guys. Don't forget about the old school because I never, that's where I'm from is the old school. And uh, stay right here until tomorrow when we do WrestleMania 26. And, Daniel, we are out. Thanks for watching, guys. Take care. Come and gather round, it's time to take a listen Swag on Zero A&E, it's the Coalition We talking comics both Marvel and DC The Factory at Vids and the WWE Anime too, what a surprise If you digging what I'm saying, go and like and subscribe It's the Coalition